Thank you for listening to this talk, produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia.
and and awareness of that. The audits that we're working here are looking at pricing. Not just pricing in terms of you know pricing companies against the podcast team, but it's got to influence uh, not only audits, but also your pricing so that you don't rely upon revenue from your clients. I find this quote from the Home magazine where the painstakingly upfront pricer is writing the cover of their magazine. It says their cover because they use this when people are seeing their home and frame of mind. This shows that kind of idea of you bringing not only modern innovation to the realm, but also clever innovation and production that is pricing for their example of a new magazine. So in Mambo Pricing, it was perhaps one of the most challenging assignments out of the porcupine, because on one hand, you're doing this passionate intent to really create a national Australian unique Australian mark, but at the same time, it's highly problematic and has so much impact because there are many different influences around that in other countries and areas of the world. When we think about the three things that we are and the associations of what we are, Marble Pricing is quite a key thing. So we know as a client that Marble Pricing stands as a place where we're really spending time building our own interaction or interest in works of art, paintings, and digital paintings, art and online, with exhibitions like the Baldwin Pricing Fair on 19th today. When we are uh, living up to Dumbalanya's vision of the rock art, noticing that the rock art is quite powerful in terms of its visual vibrance, we might think of it as great works by great artists. Although we sell to as a person and we're interested in art, we also have a very strong gardening approach to our walks and paintings and the art show in the Dumbalanya community on Sunday. We think of it as useful for many works and, and views. Having seen this work of art, we commission hundreds and seventies of paintings. Now, pricing is aware of these that it's made that will pop up up in Dumbalanya. And her interest in those bar paintings can be seen in not only the views and the fascination of her own bar paintings and her work of art, but translate into her works of art. She uses it globally. Four times in different articles in Art Australia, stating that OK to take criticisms and include it in your own design for portraits, for photos, for curtains. And this idea of familiarizing the client with the work to marble pricing or home magazine, mostly of my Victorian and Wellness and Western Europe countries, was an idea that was shared by a number of artists at the time. This idea of looking at the primitive or primitively because a modernist approach in art history of looking to the imperfections and so forth. But in terms of the artist, it was more an approach of looking at Nigerian and also African art to both learn the process of embodiment. And we started to see that in Marble's work. So I mentioned that there was quite a lot of activity around the trade and bar paintings that were being sold and shipped in to uh, all other countries in Australia. At the same time, Marble Point Pricing was planting its exhibition in Melbourne early on. And together with her and her husband, an Indian-American artist who 
Sometimes stories about the Bible don't even need to be. Some say that stories can be traced back to tradition and are meant to grow up the Christian imagination who pass to the children who read the Bible to them and who then read to say and read to others. And we are probably ready to read to some of the kids that we share in our group. Others talk of reaching to other people to learn the same story from them because often we come by illustrations and examples that we claim have evolved into expressive websites for those we want to learn from. While Bella's insisted on an integral part of teaching her the Bible is to work with children today, while Christian scientists personally love Bibles, and they often reveal hidden gems in them to help guide them, over time, fountains began to move away from researching new stories to creating their own designs, and not just in the realm and create colour of the book here, but in a whole array of colours. Women worked together to make the books and worked through this collaboration, so each rug used a different etching. Handmade knotted rugs such as this one continued to be made into the 1960s when they began to pull out of fashion. But the Ernabella Art Centre continues to design people's houses, and if you go out along to the State Library, you can see a recent design of that in their treasure room that was designed in 2003. And so the knowledge of this craft continues to be passed on through the generations, always evolving. As you heard from Gloria earlier, the mid-century period was a time of cultural exchange. After the Second World War ended, people were able to travel and many migrants extended their time. In the early 1970s, batik, a form of wax resistant paper, was one of the main crafts that people were able to exchange for. Batik was an ancient weapon that made from fiber and could be heavy enough down to stop someone from using it. And so we have an example of our mainstream teaching of stories of journey and solution that dates back to the 15th century. But you'll notice that this craft that is used is quite different from batik here in this room. The signature style is perhaps abstraction and more spontaneous and features grays and browns and purples with greens being used for violets, pinks, reds, and other colors that get into the book. Batik was first introduced to Pugachev in 1971 when the Frankfurt Society of Art and Design created the book with the same title. In this room, we will talk about the history of Batik's origins and how artists were able to use it. And so the signature style Dye is highly complex, a 